For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to David Lombardi, who covers the 49ers for The Athletic, about the restructured deal for D4. Now, I know cap move stuff is not always the sexiest, but it has led to some more moves for the 49ers. Also could allow them to be more creative as they look to finish filling out the offensive line, maybe add a couple more pieces to the defensive line, perhaps the secondary, and maybe even a backup quarterback. All things we can talk about with David Lombardi, who joins me next. It's Wednesday, March 24th. Always fun when we can talk football, and specifically 49er football, with David Lombardi, who covers the 49ers for The Athletic. David, great to have you on, man. You're kind of my salary cap czar, dude. Do you feel like you're sort of that for other people in your life? They come to you uh, asking wisdom and knowledge on on all things D Ford contract and, and how they can sign K1 Williams and work out the uh, the Trent Williams contract, man. How are you, and, and how has the salary cap uh, debacle or, or back-and-forth maneuvering been for you this offseason? I guess some people say that and then today I got a screenshot from a friend who texted me he's on reddit or something and one of the posts was Lombardi doesn't know anything about the salary cap (laughs) and then the post went to proceeded to to say that I didn't understand the mechanics of Western Richburg's restructure so I went back and I looked at Western Richburg's restructure and no I'm pretty sure I understand the mechanics of Western Richburg's restructure so anyway the, the point is that you can get an opinion for anything on the internet. So I would like to think that I know the 49er salary cap, but there are people out there that, that think I don't. So to each his own. I think you do, which is why I'm coming to you. I need somebody who knows the salary cap better than I do to explain this to me. So I guess I'll ask you just from a jumping off standpoint, have you felt like to this point, and I guess what we're talking now on Wednesday, March 24th, to this point, do you feel like this has been a successful offseason for the 49ers? I would say that the 49ers think so. Now it's just going to depend on how the players that they've signed and the roster that they've built performs and stays healthy moving forward. So on paper, I think the 49ers have taken care of or at least started taking care of the biggest need, and that's making the offensive line better in pass protection than it was last year. So picking up Alex Mack was huge. Retaining Trent Williams was very important. But, I mean, both of those moves are – you know, ones that come with age risk, right? Trent Williams is going to be 33. Alex Mack is going to be 36. You're banking on both of those guys performing at a high level past their primes. That's just the way that it is, especially Trent Williams, because you're paying him a lot of money, especially over the next two or three years. And he age-wise is past that prime. Now, Trent Williams is special, right? Trent Williams is a unicorn, as we like to say, because he is 325 pounds and he can move like a 250 pounder he can pass block he could run block he's going to be in the hall of fame when his career is over so that's why the 49ers invested this kind of money this late in trent williams career because they think that he's one of the players that can defy the odds and stay great through at least age 35 alex mack is also going to be in the hall of fame so i think the 49ers have two future Hall of Fame offensive linemen that will be anchoring that front, and they're counting on their pedigree, the fact that these are special players who aren't just your run-of-the-mill offensive linemen. They're counting on that to get productivity that one would not normally expect from players who are 33 or older, and they're going to be 33 and 36. So if it all works out, if if that gamble works out for the 49ers, yes, it's been a great start to the offseason because they've also re-signed several other players But these gambles sometimes don't work out, and that's the beauty of sports. Sometimes uh, you have to let it actually play out on the field to see if the offseason was successful or not. 
It's so funny. You just sort of rattled my brain there when you mentioned Alex Mack as a potential Hall of Famer, and I agree with you, but it is funny looking at the Browns in that span of time that they had Alex Mack and Joe Thomas on their O-line. Like Those terrible Browns teams are going to have two guys in the Hall of Fame off of that offensive line. It's just funny to think about it in those terms. But you mentioned all the pieces the 49ers have been able to sign or bring back, and of course, Jaquaski Tark, Kyle Juszczyk, DJ Jones, Samson Ebukam, these guys all signed over the last couple weeks. So I want to ask you about an article you put out in the last couple of days about the restructuring of the D4 contract and what that's allowed them to do. Now, the title of the article, and I don't know if you wrote this yourself, D Ford and the 49ers believe in the edge rushers return. So part of this is, yeah, I think they believe in him and they were able to restructure. He's now here through 2022. He's been basically out since week one of last season. But my question is, how much do they believe in him and how much was this a necessity being that would have cost them a whole lot more to just cut him loose? Well, it could be both, right? There was a necessity to figure out a way to lower the $20.1 million cap hit, which was second to only Jimmy Garoppolo's on the team for 2021. So the 49ers had to do something there. Only $11.6 million was guaranteed to D Ford under his previous deal, and only $11.6 million is still guaranteed to D Ford under his new deal. So that was the obvious leverage point that D Ford had. But D could have told the 49ers to kick rocks. If he was truly uninterested in playing, he could have said, no, I want my $11.6 million this year. That's what I was contractually obligated to. And um, I'm just going to sit here and, you know, not really uh, <laughs> try to return. I mean, he uh, contractually, he was in the position of power. But D Ford, according to our sources – is running again at the 49ers facility and is confident that he will return. And I would venture to say that D Ford has probably been seeing a lot of the chatter out there, you know, on social media, on talk radio about him potentially being a bust and this and that. And like any athlete, it probably has motivated him. And obviously there are other motivations too. the restructuring of his deal that splits the $11.6 million guarantee between 2021 and 2022. So D Ford actually said, it's fine. You can pay me that 4.6 million later, which is in a way a bet on himself because he's not wanting all the money. Now that deal also includes up to $10 million in incentives. If he could bring back his, his old form, you know, that old Kansas city form, a lot of people might say it's a long shot. I might say it's a long shot too. I think that's probably the prevailing opinion right now, but there is optimism from both sides that the 49ers can get at least something out of D Ford. And that's a whole lot more than most people, if not everybody, thought outside the building thought. Because if the 49ers can get anything from D Ford, that's found money, right? That is found money for the 49ers. They had to do this restructure anyway to open up the money. So they did that, but they also set it up to reflect the fact that they might get something on the field from D Ford. And the more that you get on the field from him, the more efficient you are with your finances, bottom line. Because there's a lot of money that you guaranteed him, paid out in signing bonuses in the past, that has yet to hit the salary cap because it's all been deferred till later. So it's going to hit the salary cap at some point. You might as well be getting production, sacks from D Ford while it's hitting the cap to actually feel a little bit better uh, you know, about all that financial damage. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. 
It's almost like a new analogy. You know, at some point that money's going to hit the cap. At some point that S is going to hit the fan, right? It's just a matter of whether or not uh, whether or not you're getting anything out of it this time. And you mentioned if he can get sacks for them while they're paying uh, against the cap there, that would be a positive for the 49ers. I want to know what this little salary cap cushion is going to help them do here. Does it mean they can go bring back K1 Williams? Do they get creative and bring in another defensive back? I know they've added Jaquaski Tart or brought Jaquaski Tart back. What can you tell us about maybe where they'll go with this little uh, uh, room that they have now? Well, they have plenty of room to do what they want at this point but the question is do they really want to bring back k1 williams at a certain price whatever that price is going to be because there are multiple suitors and the reason i say that is you have to think about building a sustainable franchise and to build a sustainable franchise you not only have to draft well and and get young you know rookies in on affordable contracts but those rookies also have to play you know elijah molden is my favorite nickelback prospect in the draft out of Washington. Say that you sign Kwan Williams and you also draft Elijah Molden and then Kwan Williams, okay, maybe he plays well for 2021, but Elijah Molden is just going to be sitting there on the bench behind Kwan Williams or playing special teams, not really developing. And then Kwan because he's 30, the risk of injury is higher. Say that, you know, I'm just playing devil's advocate here by the way as a disclaimer, but say that because of that and we saw it last year, he only played 8 games. Because of that, what what if he, you know, starts breaking down toward the end of the season? And what if that carries over into 2022? Well, then in 2022, when your rookie has to start playing a lot more, He's been sitting on the bench for all of 2021, and he's not quite ready to enter the fray. So that's the balancing act that the 49ers are playing right now in their heads. They have to figure out who's worth investing that you know long-term money into as they enter later into their 30s and which positions they would rather get a head start on by drafting a prospect who's ready to play right now and get those lumps out of the way right now. It's a difficult balancing act, and yes, they technically have enough money to sign Kwan Williams, but at what cost? So they might only be willing to pay him a shorter-term deal, a little less money than a team who might be willing to pay him three, four years for a lot more, and the 49ers might deem that unworthy of the opportunity cost on the back end because they have those nine draft picks. So that's what they're deciding right now. They have money to do whatever they want, but they have to decide that rookie veteran balance to make this as sustainable as possible. I think you and I talked about this earlier in the offseason, sort of counteractive to like the way the Rams have gone about business, right? They're like, yeah, we'll just pay it all now and then deal with it later when uh, when that money starts to hit. We'll start moving players to create that room. Hey, I want to get into just real briefly here the quarterback situation. Are we assuming that they're going to maybe add somebody through the draft, or, or do we think there's maybe still a veteran out there they can go add to sort of bolster this room and add some competition? I think it's very possible that they draft a quarterback. Now, I'm not sure – how they'll they'll do that you know that they can either trade up for one of the bigger ticket guys which gets a lot of people excited or they could settle in for more of a mid-round guy like Stanford's Davis Mills is the name that that has been popping off a lot lately if the 49ers didn't want to trade up or you know you never know Shanahan could like somebody that we haven't even heard of and grab him in the fifth or sixth round and start developing him or they could not draft anybody and they could be treating Josh Rosen as their rookie you know all of this is very possible Josh Rosen that was only a couple years ago that he went what 10th overall he played behind two historically bad offensive lines, and he, so he's never really had a situation in which you would think a, a rookie would be really primed to succeed. There's a chance that Shanahan absolutely loves Rosen's skill set. 
thinks that it can fit perfectly into his scheme. And instead of spending valuable draft capital on the quarterback, we'll see how he can develop him behind Jimmy Garoppolo this year. I mean, the opportunities really are limitless for the 49ers. And I think that acquiring a backup for Jimmy Garoppolo, a veteran, does not preclude them from drafting someone. I figured entering this offseason, the 49ers budget for a veteran backup quarterback, something that John Lynch has gone out and said that they you know, want to, to do. They want to sign one of those guys. I thought the budget would be $3 million. Last year, Andy Dalton came in at $3 million for the Cowboys. This year, he cost more because he's going to be a starter. So, you know, I think the 49ers would have loved to have Andy Dalton at the last year's price for Dallas, but they couldn't get that. So instead, they're going to have to look at, you know, at a guy like Alex Smith. But Alex Smith might retire, so I'm not sure about that. We may be having this discussion again next offseason, just depending on what the quarterback situation is here. So, hey, David, thanks so much for the time, man. I've been loving the work. Thanks so much for the breakdown on D Ford. We'll check in with you again when we get closer to the draft. All right. Thank you. All right, great insight, great breakdown there from David Lombardi. Seriously, if you're struggling with anything salary cap related, make sure you're checking out his pieces because his article from the other day, D Ford and the 49ers believe in the edge rusher's return. It's a contract breakdown. He does a great job with this stuff, he and Matt Barrows both for The Athletic. So make sure you give him a read. And if you've got any questions, shoot them into the comments. These guys do a good job, especially in their mailbags, of, uh, of getting back to the readers about any questions or comments they may have. Thank you to David. Thank you to Brian. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is that you're listening. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. Actually, a week from tomorrow is opening day for the San Francisco Giants. They open, of course, one of those traditional National League matchups. It's the Giants up in Seattle against the Mariners. So on Friday, we'll dive into some Giants baseball, talk a little bit about the rotation. Gabe Kapler had some comments earlier this week about whether or not the Giants will be going with a bullpen by committee, if they've named a closer maybe even an opening day starter. All stuff we can talk about when we get back into Giants baseball on Friday. Until then, enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then.